Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. to the moon underwater i am john robbins the landlord and i am david desperate to have a charlie chat about the william week in pubs and with me to discuss our week in pubs our pubs in the week and also your correspondence from the moon underwater facebook social club it is he and thee thy and thus the lovely the robin allender hello robin Hello, John. How are you? I'm good. Pull up a pew if you don't mind, mate. Mm, thank you. At the bar. What are you thinking about the moon underwater this evening? It's got a very strange look to it. It has. You know, this is the whole new bit of content. Mm. Uh, funky new jingle. Flattened it out into straight four rather than swing. Yeah. And I think you can sense that in the vibe of the moon underwater tonight. Yeah, it's got a gothic look to it. It does. It does. It, and I mean that so both in a sort of modern and traditional Gothic sense. A lot of Gothic sort of arching, uh, a lot of Gothic architraving, and also just a lot of the great Goth bands being celebrated on the walls. Yep. Yep. The Cure. The Cure. What is the Cure for a pub that reveals itself in a Gothic form? I don't know. I think just don't fight it. Yeah. Just accept it. Black walls as well. Cobwebs. Yes, few of them knocking around. I was often thought, what's spooky about a cobweb? Well, El Speeder. Oh, I suppose. But... Because whenever you see a cobweb, El Speeder. <laughs> And also, any room that isn't being regularly cleaned mm. is quite spooky. So that's spooky, but moss isn't spooky. Not at all. Right. I don't think mould is spooky. I think no. damp might be a bit spooky. I can get spooked by damp. Yeah, a bit of flaking paint in a corner where a, a child from the 40s sits rocking on a chair. <laughs> oh, God. That is spooky. Ooh. But moss, no. No. If I saw a werewolf sort of fiddling around with a bit of moss, I'd think, all right, mate. Yeah, maybe he's just a moss expert, like my friend Dave Hawkins. Is he really? He knows a lot about moss. Anything that's worth knowing, he knows, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Is, is there anything he doesn't know? Well, I, I wouldn't know. 
the secret of moss? <laughs> is there like a sort of, um, you know, the God equation d- that they haven't found yet? Does that exist for moss? What sort of like there are believers and non-believers kind of thing and, and kind of the... Or they're looking for the kind of universal rule of everything, but with moss. Yeah, because that's what they're trying to do with the universe, is find out the God equation, which unifies the four other ones. Yes. He likes moss and moths. Does he really? Yeah, he does, yeah. But what about, does he like sterling moths? (laughs) The racing moth? (laughs) The famous racing moth. (laughs) I don't know if he does like the famous racing moth. Does he get all his um, clothes from moss bros? Mothsbross. Mothsbross. Which would be a nightmare for the suits. No, that's a shop. That's That could be a place where moths sell soup. Mothsbroths. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all of the heartiest broths for the moths. And you go there to get your soup before a wedding or a stag do. Yeah, you hire it. Or an interview so that you the moth turns up with the right broth yeah. to the interview. <laughs> Got a cummerbund. Oh dear. Yeah, good. How's your week in pubs been, John? Well, we've had a we've had some pubs in our weeks together. Yeah, and I it's been quite a pubby week, so I had to go back through my diary to sort of recollect the pubs. But two main POIs would be our trip to the wine society. Oh yeah, that was good. Set the scene, Robin. Where did we meet? We met King's Cross. Um, John had a big bag of cans for a 20-minute train journey to Stevenage. Four cans of Stella for Robin and uh, three bottles of tribute for me. Yeah, got to Stevenage, uh, which is where the Wine Society is based. Wine Society has been going since, what, the 19th century? I think before the time of Christ. Yeah, it's been going for over 150 years, I think. Yeah. And it's... um, Can you explain what it is? (laughs) Yes, it's a sort of a cooperative society whereby you you buy a share in it and it's 40 pounds for life for life which i really like because it's not like a subscription thing that you then have to be like oh can i afford this this month you just pay 40 quid and then you remember forever it's it's not a not-for-profit but it's it's a business that it's sort of like a minimal profit making business so whenever they turn a profit they instead of paying you a dividend for your share they just reduce the price of the wine they've got so that you sort of gain from it. And I actually joined today. Oh, well done. Um, because I wanted to buy some uh, champagne that we tasted for a friend as a congratulations. Lovely. And yeah, so I'm now a member, a fully paid up member of the Wine Sock. And get this, right? Mm. So whenever I'm browsing your, your uh, supermarkets online or Majestic, I'll search for Riesling. Yeah. Like Majestic's probably got six or seven... Uh, you know, Tesco might have one, maybe two. They've got nearly 80 Rieslings Whoa. on their books. It's nearly 99 Rieslings. It's nearly 99 <laughs> Rieslings. And yeah. the great thing is, and we were discussing this with Freddie, who was uh, who works there and was our guest, and I think is going to be a guest on the Moon Underwater someday soon. Yeah, it's a lovely chap, Freddie. He's great. So he was describing how in their Rieslings, they have a sweetness scale between one and nine which really, really helps, because I think one thing that confuses people about Rieslings is they go from being like super, super sweet, syrupy dessert wines right up to really, really dry, bone dry, sort of strong Australian Rieslings. Um, And it it takes a bit of the mystery out of that. 
so uh, so we're on the train with our cans and bottles, having a merry time. We talked about our feelings for a bit, didn't we? We did, actually. Yeah, quite a heart-to-heart. And we got into Stevenage, met Freddie, and he took us uh, for a tour of uh, the Wine Society, which was an extensive tour. And I think it's fair to say, John, you were, you were itching for a glass of wine, weren't you, <laughs> <laughs> throughout the tour, because we, we went around all the enormous warehouses... And through the offices. The great thing about the tour you get is they don't distinguish between what you might find interesting and what you don't. And that's good because you want to sort of see every part of the business. I thought I found it fascinating, but I feel like there was one prime reason why you were there. Yeah, well, you don't go for a tour of the Wine Society to find out how their call centre works. Even though I did actually find it interesting because I... They have I, no waiting time, John. No waiting time. If you call the Wine Society, you will get through to a blooming human being. Yeah. Uh, and then and then I said, Freddie, I'm not trying to buy the company. Show me the wine. <laughs> and then we went to the big wine warehouse. Yeah. Where they've got five million bottles. Is it that many? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 50 million quids worth of wine. So each one's worth a million pounds? Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, that's the maths. There's five bottles of wine. Yeah, they're a million pounds each, and if they don't find someone to buy them, they're going to go bust. Um, but then we had the most extraordinary tasting. Yeah, it was amazing. And I've got the list actually of the. We can put up a photo maybe to advertise this uh, episode. But I've got uh, Freddie sent me a list of the uh, wines we had. Yeah. Let me just get that up. Yeah, so we had an Alfred Gracian 2012 Champagne, an Etienne Sauze Poligny Montrachet Premier Cru 2013, Penfolds Reserve Bin 13A Chardonnay 2013, Liavel Barton 2004, Ridge Montebello 2004, Ridge Litton Spring 2002, and a Reinhold Hart Piss Porter. <laughs> no, <laughs> Reinhold Hart Pice Porter Goldstruption Riesling 2002. Yeah. Uh, and they were all lovely and we had some food as well. And um, I think both Robin and I felt we, as we got drunker, we were perhaps stretching ourselves further than our comfort zone in terms of talking about the wines. Well, you know, I'm not a great expert on wine, but I wanted to sound vaguely like I knew what I was talking about. Mm. So, you know, I was kind of groping for phrases. And when I landed on one that was right, I'd kind of pounce on it. You yeah. know what I mean? So mine, my phrase was honey on the nose and robust. Yeah. And I stuck to them for dear life. Did you? <laughs> and what did you say, Rob? I like spicy and peppery. Yeah, spicy. Yeah, pepper, pepper. Pepper, yeah. <laughs> the Bordeaux we had was so good. You were blown away by the board. I was blown away by the white burgundy, mm. which, I hate to say it again, but it did have honey on the nose. It did have honey on the nose, yeah. <laughs> but it was an absolute treat uh, to yes. go there. Yeah, thanks so much for organising that and for, for entertaining us there. At the yes, Wine Society. and uh, if you are interested in joining the Wine Society, do check them out online, and I look forward to a lifetime of ordering too much wine. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was one big trip we had. And then, Robin, before we talk about the correspondence this week, let's talk a little bit about uh, Friday night. Mm. We met... Well, I can't actually remember what pub we met in. Wenlock Arms. Did we meet there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Wenlock Arms. 
lovely pub. What a um, pub. Near Old Street. Sorry to be London heads again. But, yeah. but I was thinking about the, the Wenlock Arms a lot today. I haven't been for a, I haven't been since pre-Pandy. And were, a, say an American tourist said to me, I want to see a, a, the archetypal London boozer. Mm. You know, I don't want, you know, beams and I don't want to know that Dickens worked there or I don't want to know that, you know, it used to be a bloody cathedral or whatever. I just want the dictionary definition of a great London boozer. Yeah. I would take them to the Wenlock Arms. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I think as well, it's my, before come, moving to London, um, I associate going for a drink on Friday night or Saturday night in London with maybe standing outside because you can't find a seat mm. in a very busy central pub. A lot of guys in pink shirts talking yeah. about marketing. <laughs> yeah. But when you go to, and find one of the ones that's off on a few side streets, maybe, you can you can have a... I mean, it's not that it's not busy, but you can have a quiet drink on a Friday, Friday night in London. Yeah. And also, it's got a really nice mix of, like you say, being able to find a little corner, but also... It's, you know, they had music on and people were having a laugh and there was sort of a buzz to it. But it wasn't like you wouldn't walk in and go, oh, this place is too loud. Yeah. A really nice community feel there. The staff are really nice. Great selection of beers. Guinness was superb. And it made me think, actually, of all the pubs I've been to, it's the most similar to, I think, what Orwell is getting at in the Moon Underwater essay. And the thing that struck me is that thing about it being far enough away that sort of you don't really get passing trade and it doesn't attract idiots. Yeah, yeah, it's locals and it's... Um, but it's close enough that you would stumble across it from a, near a bus stop. Is that the sort of thing he says? Yeah, he says be... it's like a few minutes walk from a bus stop or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. set back enough to sort of to, to really have its own community. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I started the night on Budvar, which is really... Strong. It's very strong. <laughs> On an empty stomach, it's very strong. Five percenter. Yeah. So I calmed it down with some shandies after. Yeah, and I think I'm really getting into the tactical half. Yeah. So I've if noticed. the round's ever out of step, instead of sort of downing the half to get back in with the round, mm. I'll just have a tactical half. Also, it means the round that the person is buying is a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we had a great time at the, the Wenlock Arms. And then, Robin... We had a bit of, uh, I went to do a gig and then we, I met you. What was the name of the pub? Because there was a bit of intrigue there. The Prince Arthur. Yeah, because their Wi-Fi went down. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a lot. It's not exactly Sherlock Holmes, is it? Well, no, but it it was like, because so many places are cashless now, when their Wi-Fi went down, it meant they couldn't take card payments and they couldn't open the till. Yeah, it was a nightmare. So not only did you have to pay in cash, but you had to pay in the exact change. Yeah. And it caused a bit of an issue because people had started tabs on cards that they then couldn't, like, pay off. But, I mean, the staff were very sweet about it. And, you know, our friend Phil paid for a round with too much and then they let us sort of use the credit he'd built up. Yeah, it was quite kind of... It was like being in the Weimar Republic or something, you know, just taking wheelbarrows full of money there to kind of <laughs> pay it around. did sort of strike me as, like, in this age of technology, you do need to have a backup. Yeah. And it's only till quite recent... Well, obviously post-pandemic, but it's relatively recently that places are card-only. I mean, I remember the Dagda not that long ago was cash only. 
maybe sort of 2014 kind of time. And it's weird because if you walked into a place that was card only three years ago or something and you only had cash or whatever yeah and they said i'm sorry we're card only you'd kind of go what yeah but now it's the other way around where if they say that we're cash only you go sorry mate it's 2022 i'm sorry that's unacceptable yeah uh but yeah great pints were had great pints yeah i wanted to say a funny story i was in um the sylvan post in forest hill the other night when there was a pub quiz on Mm. and it's kind of uh you know, I feel like with my friends, there's a bit of pressure when there's a pub quiz on because I do the quiz for the moon underwater that, you know, I'm, I might kind of know everything. And I obviously don't. <laughs> and um, I was hopeless, actually. But there was a there was a round on flags, which is a re- which was a really good round. Did you know what the flag is where it's the um, St. George's Cross with a sword in the corner? It is. I'll put you out of your misery. Okay, put me out of my it's misery. It's the, f- the flag of London. The flag of the City of London is St. George's Cross with a red sword in the upper hoist canton. Oh, I love all those sort of old-style words for bits of flags. Yeah, but one of the other questions, so there's a picture round, was it's a, a flag which was like a blue navy blue background with um, a white compass rose emblem with four white lines radiating, radiating from the four cardinal directions. And we were looking at it, it was so familiar. And I put down, because it wasn't just countries in this round, it could have been anything like logos and stuff. So I put down Stone Island. Right. You know, the fashion Oh, brand. right. <laughs> and the answer was NATO. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But it's just one of those moments where I, when the, quest, the quiz master read out the answers, I looked at the team who were marking ours, and they were just like absolutely pissing themselves. <laughs> I put Stone Island. Oh, it was really funny. Hello, fans of Pub and Pint. I'm Jess Phillips, an MP, and now, for the first time, a podcast host. I know that the moon underwater is used to sighing for its letters, so I think you'll love my new podcast that's all about writing letters. It's called Yours Sincerely, and in each episode, I invite a guest to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. So with that, I'll sign off with yours sincerely, Jess Phillips. I hope you get to enjoy an episode of my podcast soon. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What would be your worst quiz round? I think mine would be naval flags. I think I would have nothing to offer. I'm quite bad with sports, apart from like a very specific era of 90s football when I was very into football. But yeah, like, you know. (laughs) But what would be like, because you would still know, I don't know, you would know, you would recognise a picture of Freddie Flintoff or Gary Lineker. Yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't necessarily be the worst. No. What sort of sort of niche bit of knowledge do you think you would get zero out of 100 on? I'm saying naval flags. Zero out of a hundred. I mean, golf. I mean, it would be sport. Like, I don't know nothing about golf. But if you wrote Tiger Woods for every answer, you'd get one. Right, I suppose. Tiger Woods, don't take the kids there for a picnic. Yeah, golf. No, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Maths. Clocks. <laughs> Clocks. It's not going to... could be one of my quizzes. Yeah. Uh, semi-precious stones. Yeah. Moss. Moss. Yeah, moss would be hard. Well, uh, that was our week in pubs. That's our pub in weeks. Let us know about your week in pubs. And especially, like, if you've ever been... I'd be interested to know. Let us know, john at moonunderpod.com or, indeed, on the Facebook social page. If you are a um, Patreon, do go to patreon.com forward slash moonunderpod. Do let us know what, it might not be the most spectacular pub, but what do you think is the most quintessential boozer, mm. is what I'd like to know. We want to know about typicity, which is a word I learned from the wine tasting. Yes. What's a typical pub? Um, because each week, for the Week in Pubs, we're going to be asking the Moon Underwater Social Club about a different pub-based topic. And if you don't want to miss out on the action, head to moonunderpod.com and sign up to our Patreon page. This week, we wanted to hear about your favourite pint glasses. Robin, take it away. It's a lovely topic, isn't it? So first off, we had Paul, who said he's always partial to a Cronenberg glass. Love the beer, love the glass. Those are the ones with the sort of about three inches of quite thin, and then they bloom out. What are your thoughts? It's a kind of tulip-style glass, really, but very thin at the base there, very thin for a pint of numbers. But I do like them. I also like a Stella Chalice. Mm. Uh, yeah, love the beer, love the glass. I definitely took one in my uni days. Still have it, I think, Paul says. Lovely. Yeah. I mean, that was an awful thing to do, take a pint glass from a pub. I obviously wouldn't condone it, but a friend yeah. of mine did have a habit of, like, you'd leave a pub and he'd be standing outside wondering where to go next. He'd sort of open his pocket and in his inside pocket he'd have a pint glass that he'd taken out and is still drinking from. Like Eddie on bottom where he just pulls a perfectly full pint out of his uh, blazer jacket. Yeah, but don't do that, please. Uh, Here's an alternative is in Edinburgh, I live with George Egg and one year we had a competition to see who could find the nicest pint glass. Yeah. Right? And I found this absolute belter and instead of stealing it, uh, I said to the lady working by the bar, I said, look, I'd really like to take this pint glass. I explained the competition we were having throughout the month. I said, if I if I tip you 10 quid, put 10 quid in the tip jar, can I have it? 
And she was like, yeah, that's that's fine. Because I think they get a lot of them for free. But you shouldn't just nick them because... What 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 was that? Because I, I, I love vedette glasses and so does George Egg, I think. Uh, well, George got to keep it because he... Uh, I can't remember what it was. I'll tell you what happened. As soon as I got home... I took it out of my bag and I said, George, look at this pint glass. And he went, oh my God, that's amazing. And I sort of like pratfall dropped it on the washing up in the sink and it smashed everywhere. Oh, Jesus. So then I had to go back and do the whole thing over again. Oh, God. But it was like a sort of, you know, those handled straight-sided pint glasses that are sort of ribbed as opposed to uh, having those squares cut out of them. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll, I mean, it's 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 all gone now because I smashed it on the oh, worktop. But but um, my favourite is probably a, a conical glass, which which is um, like like the vedette ones. I think they're really nice pint glasses. Anyway, Andy says I have four of the curvy contemporary Guinness glasses at home. The contours feel good in my hand, and crucially, they are four forty mil, perfect for a can. It can be disappointing to use a pint glass for a can of Guinness, only have to peer down into the glass to see the top of the head. Couldn't agree with you more, Andy. Yeah, they they actually gave those glasses away free with four packs of Guinness for a while, and I got one from um, my local supermarket, and they're perfect. Yeah, they are nice. Because it just fits. And also, it makes you realise that actually when you're drinking a can, you're having quite a bit less booze than you are when you have a pint, so it makes you feel better about yourself. <laughs> Do you know what the classic pint glass is called with the kind of uh, bit that sticks out, the bulge kind of thing? Oh, I think it's something to do with a flower, isn't it? No, you're thinking of tulip. They're called no-nick glasses. No-nick. No no-nick pint glasses, yeah. And why are they called that? Uh, I think it's to do with, because they were invented, so they would stack like that and it would be a bit safer for the rim, I think. So stop them being nicked or chipped, yeah. Because you can't stack those ones with handles, the classic sort of no. uh, beer drinkers' pints. Yeah. Anyway, what else have we got? Bertie says, I've got a huge affinity for the one-off plastic pints you pay a deposit for at festivals and sports matches. A useful souvenir for a quid which reminds you of the best days. I like that too. Nice to take one home as well. Yeah, also they had a quite a clever system last time I went to watch the cricket whereby the handle is hollow. Yeah. So when you stack them, something about the way they're designed means that they sort of go round in a circle the more you stack. Yeah. So you can actually carry like 30 or 40. Bloody hell. Where was it? There's a football stadium, isn't there, where they, they pour the pints up through the bottom of the glass. What were we talking about? That That's somewhere? the new uh, Spurs stadium. I wonder if they had them for the Guns N' Roses concert the other night. Finlay says, honourable mention to Vihan Stefan, which I think has been a brewery since 1040. That's 1040 AD, not this morning. So this is a lovely kind of tulip-shaped glass, which is kind of... And I think Vihan Stefan, is that a Pilsner or is it a wheat beer? It's sort of... It's hourglass-shaped, and it's a bit like the ones you see in the adverts for... I think it's Leffe with Jurgen Klopp saying, don't don't skim off the head or whatever. Have you right. seen those ads? No, but that, that, that's the only hourglass figure I'm interested in. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, Eva says, definitely my Hook Norton brewery glass. It was my late granddad's glass, and I'm convinced a pint of old hooky tastes better in it. Oh, that's nice. Sentimental attachment to a glass. And that is a lovely conical-shaped one. So that's my ideal pint glass, I think. My favourite is uh, the one that Ross has 
emailed in. He says, love a Guinness glass, but I'm also partial to this modern take on an old classic. The dimpled handled tumbler served full of lovely, lovely Shehalian. Yeah. I was worried they'd be too tall for the dishwashers at Creef Hydro, so I bought one home to wash it by hand. Nice. I think it might be ski Hallian that... Uh that, oh, um, is it? Yeah, I do like those glasses, but I do find with a with a pilsner. Sometimes I find that I don't know why that they can go kind of a bit flat in in a big kind of tankard like that. Well, it's a stein more than a tankard. A isn't stein, it? yeah. It is a stein. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite pint glass that you've got, Rob? That so I've got. I've got two vedettes. I've got a nice queer brewing one. Um. I've got some beer hawk tulip-shaped glasses. My favourite, apart from the vedettes, which I think... that I've got a big vedette, and then I've got three sort of... They must be 440. I've got So I've got 440 and a 558 five or whatever it is, a pint. The 440s are the best because they're a full can. Mm. But apart from those, I've just got a very... Cl- I think I did steal this from a pub, actually. I've just got a very classic no-nick... Mm. But it's just exactly the right proportions with a thick base. Yeah. And the just the sides are slightly thicker than usual. The only problem is in the dishwasher, it's sort of gone white. Ah. And I don't know why that is, because other glasses haven't gone white. Apparently there's a viral tip going around TikTok to put aluminium foil in your dishwasher to stop that happening. Really? Yeah. Sounds like rubbish. It does sound like a load of old rubbish. But I think the... The no-nick glasses, if you're having an ale, that is the best glass to have an ale in, I would say. I do I do like the sort of grumpy old man's handled one. Yeah. Do like that, but yeah, no-nick. No-nick, it's a, it's, it's a classic for a reason. It's a classic. We've got one more from Aleri. I think, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Aleri. It's a, there's a comedian, Aleri Morgan, uh, so I'm, I'm going... Based on that, um, she says it has to be my Moon Underwater pint glass available at moonunderpod.com. <laughs> it's both thanks for the plug. It's both new and nostalgic. I've shipped it over to Melbourne, Australia, with me, where I moved to just before COVID hit, and I can't find any decent pubs here. So drinking from the Moon Underwater pint glass and listening to this feeds my soul and keeps me sane, and simultaneously makes me nostalgic for the Bristol and Brighton pubs of yore in the other realm I've left behind. I mean, all we've done is ask about pint glasses, but we've got some lovely answers there. Yeah, the pint glass of my heart. Yeah, It's full to the brim with ale and blood. Ooh, yes. <laughs> and loss. Rather an odd image. So, folks, thank you so much for your correspondence. Keep it coming to john at moonunderpod.com. Uh, but also, get involved with Patreon, and you can join the Moon Underwater Social Club and you can answer our weekly questions, which we'll be asking and talking about with each other. Yeah, and we will still be reading out your regular mists as well, we must say. Yeah, also, something that two things I've remembered while we were talking. Firstly, it made me smile when we were on the train because we got on, and it's quite a busy commuter train. This is going to Stevenage at about like half four. And you had four cans of Stella and I had some bottles. So the other passengers would have heard the, like, the sort of dreaded tsk. Yeah. But then I thought, oh, no, it's a load of lads. And then we just talked about our feelings for half an hour. Yeah. (laughs) But also, the Wenlock Arms had really nice beer mats that discouraged sort of wanky behaviour. So they they were ones that said things like, your sexist joke isn't funny. Mm. I really liked that. Just a sort of reminder on the table that, uh, you know, 
you had to maintain good order and not be intimidating or rude. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. So there you go. Lovely. Well, folks, we bid you adieu for another week. We will repass here and repast uh, with our drinks. What are you drinking, Robin? Well, I got a bottle of Sancerre from the Wine Society, so I might that open in a minute. What it's are you having screw, it It's with? a screw top. So. What, what are you cooking with it? Oh, nothing. Great. Uh, <laughs> I've got a bottle of... So the red wine I always bang on about is the Serrani Primitivo de Manjuria. Yeah. They also make a white wine, which is a Serrani Pietracicia Fiano. So I've gone Ooh. for that. I have to say, it's not quite as good as their red, but perfectly drinkable. Lovely. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers. 